Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is 1994, like in in a perfect time capsule. He's operating at the peak of his powers. Jim Carrey is an outstanding performer, and this is probably his pinnacle performance. If I'm eating a spicy food, I will shout out, this one's spicy meatball. There's no, there's no meatball involved. My missus is Italian. She gets offended by me trying to do the really bad accent, but I can't help it. It's just part of me now, so. When Cameron Diaz walks through that door, that is just like an astonishing entrance to any any kind of film. And I don't think anyone knew of her beforehand. She makes the mask as well as, as, as Jim Carrey. Yeah, absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome to Flixwatch Podcast. I'm Kobe and today I'm joined by Stephen. Hey. Kalechi. Hey. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the Jim Carrey classic. Well, we'll decide the mask. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Stephen and Kalechi. If you could please say hello and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hi, everyone. My name is Kalechi and I am a production manager at Renaissance Studios. That's my day job. And by night, I freelance as a freelance film critic, writing for outlets for film stories, Jump Cut Online, Set the Tape, and even my own blog, which is Confessions from a Geek Mind. Yes, and you've been on here before. You've, one episode of yours has come out, uh, Power the Dog. Uh, since then, it's been nominated for all the Oscars. Are you proud of that? I like to think I had a little bit of hand, helping hand to get over that, <laughs> over that, that line. It was the um, Flix Watcher score, wasn't it? It was, it but was, it was, was Flix, yeah. It was me, Champion, Jane Champion. Yeah. <laughs> <Is that> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Uh, and who are you there on the other side? Hi there, Stephen. Most people know me as Stephen Geekface. I am a, I don't like to use the word film critic because, I don't know, it, it makes it a bit all weird when you start saying film critic, but I, I prefer myself as a film buff. I, sure. I run myself social on social media with the with the hashtag so geeked about movies, where I talk about movies on online and on social media. So that's basically what I do. And, and how did you come about the moniker Stephen Geekface? It was kind of just, it kind of just happened. You know, I wear glasses, geeky, I'm Steven. And it just kind of 
molded together. There we go. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's the the time of the geek, isn't it? Really, for the past fifteen years in the eighties, being called a geek or a nerd would have been one of the worst. But yes. now it's like, hey, your time has come. We wear it proudly. Love being a geek. <laughs> Oh yeah, of course. Confessions of a geek mind. You're bringing geek to the to the forefront of everything now. We are talking today about the mask, which is your choice, Stephen. Yes. Can you tell us first of all why you chose it, and then I'm going to get my timer up, and you'll have you'll have sixty seconds or less to tell us the synopsis. Right. Okay. Well, I chose this film not only it being a classic um, and probably having probably one of the greatest debuts from two particular actors and actresses. Um, it's a film that I grew up in. I remember it being the second film I saw in the cinema. I won't say my Ooh. age, uh, but it left a real big impression on me. And it's a film, it's a film I go to when I'm feeling down, if I'm or I'm sick. I just put it on and just constantly watch it, say the words, sing the songs. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the film. Okay. Hopefully our scores will represent your enthusiasm. <laughs> so we're going to be... <laughs> And 60 seconds for the synopsis starts now. Right. So Jim Carrey plays a guy called Stanley Ipkiss, who is a lone guy guy who doesn't get all the girls. He finds a, a magical mask that grants him all his wishes and makes him this crazy animal lover and finds a super hot girl played by Cameron Diaz and he saves the sea from a really bad mobster. Love it. Love yeah. it. Kalechi, the mask. Where, where, where do you sit with the mask? Was it your first film, second film in the cinema? <laughs> I'm, I'm showing my age. <laughs> um, do you know what? I don't. I did not see the mask in the cinemas. I saw it on a on VHS tape. If mm-hmm. everyone remembers remembers those days, rented that of Blockbuster, uh, oh. Blockbuster Video. So that was my early childhood watching watching the film, and I, I absolutely loved it. Like it's it's a weird period. Maybe Stephen will agree with me, but. Jim Carrey has probably the most quotable lines. Like he's operating at the peak of his powers and every line he does is just memorable. So the, when I watched the Master Ridge for the first time back in the day when it was released, I would remember his lines. Like I would recite them, like smoking, all of that stuff. I would actually carry that into my own <laughs> conversations. Like I would drop it into conversations. I I I use that. I used to use that in conversations tonight. If I'm eating, if I'm eating a spicy food, I will shout out, this one's spicy meatball. There's no there's <laughs> no meatball involved. My yeah. missus is Italian. She gets offended by me trying to do the really bad accent, but I can't help it. It's just part of me now. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> It's so relatable and so childlike. And then you just love the energy that Jim Carrey brings to it. So I figured when I was a kid, I just was gravitated towards that kind of performance and that kind of being larger than life. And it's that that mix of cartoon energy. Yeah, it's basically you're watching a live action cartoon. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's no different from watching it from like, you know, mixing it up with your Saturday morning cartoons, where it was like Batman or Spider-Man or X-Men and stuff like that. You just throw on the mask, which eventually actually did become a cartoon series after after the film's release. Well, this is more like the kind of Looney Tunes type cartoons, isn't it? Yeah. Than the than the um, the comic book uh, X-Men type type thing. <laughs> yeah. On this rewatch, I was thinking, if it was to be redone now, would you actually want to change the CGI? And I, I don't think you'd, you'd no. maybe tweak it a bit, but I wouldn't want to make it like super modern. I think the CGI is perfection. I mean, it changed the game. Before then, from what I remember, CGI was only used for dinosaurs and... And creature <laughs> monsters, and then the mask came. I mean, Jim Carrey himself is a living CGI anyway, so it didn't have to do too much <laughs> with the character. But when they did it, just they just brought it to life, and 
I think even now, I mean, I've, I've, I've got it on, I've got on Blu-ray as well, and the effects still hold up for the most part. One scene doesn't, the bit where he like turns into a wolf, spoiler, um, that kind of doesn't hold up a bit, but everything else is, is top-notch. So I oh yeah, when he turns into the Howling Wolf, and yeah, the, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit that, shonky there. That's your that's your Tex Avery, um, yeah, reference, influence, yeah. yeah, influence. But yeah, go jumping off what Steve was saying. I think we, if you compare the CGI to its sequel, Son of the Mask, you realize how much the, the mask holds up in terms of its its um, visual effects. We do not speak um, of that. Get we do not speak of that film. <laughs> that film does not exist. It doesn't exist, but just for comparison's sake, <laughs> this nature of this podcast, it does exist. And it just goes to show that it was ahead of its time, like the mask, not, not the sun on the mask. Um, but it was ahead of its time and it really does live up to that kind of cartoon nature, like that what you're watching a live action cartoon. I mean, this might be a little bit outlandish of a statement, but it has that kind of same kinetic energy as um reframed roger rabbit yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh definitely so like that idea of like you just mixing in it just accepts those both worlds like you're mixing live action and animation and i think that was i felt like the mask was always that kind of spiritual successor to it in terms of that um that, that's a that, big claim it's that's a, a big, very big it's claim. a big claim but hey. I, I like i like the synergy out of it because you you watch it for the performances like and you and how they engage with it and if they engage with it and believe in it then you believe in it and that's that's the same kind of feeling I get when I watch like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and then you watch The Mask and you kind of get that same energy as well. Helen, what, what are you thinking about The Mask? So I don't think it this this wasn't like my first cinema visit, but it was maybe <laughs> the first on my own without parents. Oh really? So, oh. so I, I remember going to see it at the cinema. So when when you say on your own without parents, did you go with friends or was it just yeah. on your own on your own? Yeah. Of yeah. friends, yeah. 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 And that's the only time I've seen it. And the thing that I remember the most about it is Cameron Diaz's entrance where she's mm. comes into the bank looking all sexy in her red dress. And uh that was kind of the, the main thing and I, I just remember it, it just being Stephen's just fainted <laughs> what a debut as well that is the greatest debut great, isn't of it? any actress mm. I've ever what seen she is um, yeah apparently it, she auditioned for this role 12 times like that's, that's a lot of auditioning but um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad she got it because um, she is great in this and I just remember like the catchphrases were just everywhere and Jim yeah. Carrey was everywhere. His green face and the teeth, the comic <laughs> teeth, absolutely everywhere. Rewatching it, um, Netflix gave it me a 55%, you know, when it predicts whether you're going to like yeah, it. Yeah, 55% was my, match. Yeah, match. I don't think I'm going to as love it as much as to <laughs> say. But then I, I, my Jim Carrey thing is I'm very, very much more into Jim Carrey when he's sad and miserable or in the Truman Show. And that's kind of where I lie on Jim Carrey. So, Yeah, we've had a few Jim Carreys. We've had, uh, we've had Truman Show, we've had uh, Jim and Andy. Uh, and as we record, Spotless Mind is back on Netflix. So if anyone's listening <laughs> and they want to join us, um, you'll make Helen very, very happy if you choose. Sad Eternal Jim Sunshine. Carrey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sad or playing the man on the moon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It, it was interesting going back to it that... Um, I so when, when you say going back to it, when was the last time you watched it? This, this the, back in 1994 in the Whoa. cinema that doesn't exist anymore. Um, 
The director of this also directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, which is an excellent (laughs) entry into... Good choice. uh, that and this is probably going to lead into the engagement score but I was doing a bit of uh, reading and apparently the the comics and the, the film itself was meant to be a lot more violent than it actually was and you could kind of like feel the undertones of violence and when I was watching it this time I was like this really isn't a kids film <laughs> and yet we all went <laughs> as kids and probably like you know it was like oh the mask like we've got it on VHS let's sit down and watch it with your three-year-old brother and things like that and Family time film. It's not. Yeah, no. I, 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 as a child, I didn't realize that the Jim Carrey was carrying a condom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Follows a balloon. Didn't get the yeah. joke until I got older, and I was like, "Yeah, whoa." Wrong you thought it was pocket. hilarious though at the time, though, didn't you? These things, you're yeah. like, it's hilarious. It was based based on ignorance because you just didn't know and you just accepted the performance from Jim Carrey. So yeah, when you get older and you realize, holy holy crap, that was that was a condom. Either. If that was released today, there was no way that's that bit's in it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that's in it. I just want to recall on this because this came in 1994. This is an this is an insane start for your cinematic career. 1994 was Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all in the same year that's that's ridiculous you can't you, you can't do that anymore that's that's not a way to start out your career and then it was like batman forever i i enjoy his performances a bit of there but you know that's that's <laughs> different vibe but still entertaining <laughs> yeah um and this there's no one I, I can't think of anyone now who could do this there's no one who could who could be the mask and, and do it in the same way and and carry that kind of panache i'd like to see who is kind of listed well, i'd like to see if this I'll, I'll let you a little fun fact for you guys. Um, before sure. Jim Carrey, it was supposed to be Nicolas Cage playing mm. Mask. Now, he's, <laughs> Nicolas Cage can be eccentric as well and crazy in films like Face Off. And it'd, be, it'd be a different film. <laughs> it'll, be I think, I mean, it'll, be, it'll be a different tone. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you think of Jim Carrey as like the slapstick, you know, if we were talking about the tones of what this film was, like his character yeah. loves cartoons, he embodies cartoons, and therefore he's a living cartoon. You know, Nick Cage will bring a whole different vibe, probably a, a probably a much more chaotic vibe, probably much more like yeah, ah, you know that that you know that high energy he does. But um, it's 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 a vibe. You you <laughs> you would expect something else, and it'll probably be and it'll probably be truer to the comics yeah. and be a little bit darker and a little bit more authentic in that respect. It probably would be. It's, it's, that kind of sounds sounds similar to me as to. Um... When Eddie Murphy took over what's supposed to be sliced alone in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, for example, that's two different, com- two completely different films. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy that this is the version of the mask we get. I'm, I'm super happy that that's the version of Beverly Hills Cop we get. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with Helen. I think I might have seen this the second time outside of the cinema, but I did see this at cinema, and I remember being utterly enthralled by it. On rewatch, not so much. But I think it's still it's it's like a proper time capsule film. This this is like this is 1994, like in in a perfect time capsule. And I think it's, it sits there amazingly. Jim Carrey is an outstanding performer, and this is probably his pinnacle performance. And I think it's amazing. But then, yeah, I, I think also when Cameron Diaz walks through that door for the first time, I thought unimaginable. I thought it was like halfway through, like halfway through the film she walks in, but it's like literally in the first five minutes. So it's it's, it's all going like everything's clicking right from the start of the film and she's an amazing screen presence not just through the entrance but she's great in this and she's her career's gone on off the pace as well but 
that is just like an astonishing entrance to any any kind of any kind of any kind of film, and I don't think anyone knew of her beforehand. No, 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 no. I think she was a model yeah. beforehand, and that's how she got casted into into mm. into the film. So this was a, definitely a, her debut. Uh, performance and what a performance yes it is a little bit sexualized yes it's a little Mm -hmm. bit dated and so forth but in some respects she does hold her own and that is the start of her career that she has you know if you think about the films that she's done um you know the holiday charlie's angels Mm -hmm. what's the other ones Um, adaptation adaptation shrek Shrek, Shrek, yeah, Shrek. Something about mary was her big one yeah something about mary yeah yeah there's something about mary that these are these are not flukes do you know yeah. what I mean? These are these are things that she has worked hard to personalize. She has a good taste for comedy. Like mm. she can deliver a good beat. So the fact that, you know, her performance, I wouldn't discount it against Jim Carrey. Like she makes the mask as well as as, as Jim yeah, Carrey. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one, one of the things I said in the notes was who's had the better career, quote unquote, as a result of this. And I think it'd be it's almost a coin toss for me, to be honest with you. Jim Carrey then goes on to like Truman Show a bit later on and like say Eternal Sunshine, but then if someone was to say, do you want to watch a Jim Carrey film now or, or a Cameron Diaz film? I'd be like, oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I think Depends which one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, depends which one. But I think also, I think the, the I, not, I wouldn't say tragedy, but it's, it's almost a shame that Diaz is not acting anymore. Like I think neither, she's Neither is Carrey really, is he? Carrey, but he's, you know, he's still got Sonic. <laughs> so, so, like, do you know what I mean? They keep pulling them out. Oh, he's like he comes back onto SNL or something like that. But you know, yeah. they. But I think I it's a, I would love to see more what what you know Diaz does in this kind of new, more centric awareness of what we are in the in this world today. Yeah. Um, because obviously, Kerry will always be Kerry. Like he will find his niche. He will find his comedic timing. If he needs to be the slapstick char- character, he can do that. Um, if he needs to be the dramatic actor, he can do that. Diaz, have always, I just feel like we're we're missing that voice. Like we, mm. miss the, whether it is a comedy, whether it is something serious. I mean, I think the last kind of sig- well, maybe not the greatest film, but the like kind of last serious film she did was like The Counselor with you know Ridley Scott's film. Not the greatest of watches, but she commits to the role, and you feel like you miss that that her talent. You you miss her voice. So yeah, if if Diaz is listening to this podcast, please come back. You know, come back. We we want to hear you again. Yeah, I would love to see it in in a Marvel movie or just show her face, especially for the new generation to know that she 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 left a big impact for us. Anyway, well, I know she did for me. Anyway, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> It would be good to yeah, see. Yeah, totally. I, I think I think she's a voice that's missed and I think she does have a lot to say on um kind of a, a few different political points that would be would be great to hear from from nowadays. Was it sex tape the last film that she did, maybe? <laughs> According to Wikipedia, I've not i I've not seen that. I don't know what no, that I, seen I, I didn't see I, it. I didn't see it. That's why we didn't see her last film. She's like <laughs> I think the last thing she was involved in was that um, stunt woman challenge that was done in lockdown, where like every woman like punches the screen and then yeah, yeah you see her briefly and that's like, oh quite my fun. god yeah that was great mm. like you see Cameron Diaz like oh my god that's her <laughs> <laughs> and the Shreks the Shreks had diminishing returns so we've had Cameron Diaz uh, on here with we did Shrek two all right is there anything else guys want to say about the mask before we get to the scorings. I would like to say, I don't know if anyone noticed in the movie, you got the two cops, uh, Doyle and um, I believe the other, the other guy is uh, 
Callaway. And halfway through the movie, they play proper straight cops, like normal cops. You know, there's a scene. Mm-hmm. And then just halfway through the movie, they just become these bumbling <laughs> Ren, Ren and Stimpy characters all of a sudden. And you, every couple of seconds, you hear someone go, Doyle! And, and throughout the whole movie. And we no one explains why. What happened? The director say, you know what? It's not working, guys. Let's let's flip the script. We, we don't know. We t- don't know. That's that's true. Actually, I thought I just thought they were inept cops. Um. <laughs> Key Keystone cops for the new generation. <laughs> that's um, next time I watch it, which might be in another twenty years. I'll uh, hopefully remember that, Stephen, and try and pinpoint the point at which they they go goofy. I think, I, think it's, I think it's at the point where the, the music comes in, when um, uh, the mask is doing these uh, Cuba, Cuban P yeah. songs. Yeah. yeah, after that, Doyle's not the same anymore. He's just, <laughs> he's just a bumbling fool. <laughs> uh, the power of the mask. The power of the mask. Maybe the power of the mask, but it's, it's never shown in film. Maybe there was a, maybe it was supposed to be a director's cut, the extended version of the mask, and we never saw it. <laughs> deleted scene or yeah, something like scene. that. Yeah, deleted scene. The three-hour movie of the mask. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, my my two cents would be that just how great the the dance scene and the, the Coco Bongo Bongo Club between uh, Kerry and Diaz, like they're yeah. just the chemistry on point, energy. Like when I saw that, I was like, yes, I will, I love this. I want to create, that, recreate that one way or another. Well, <laughs> that whole scene in the Coco Bongo Club was great because he he dances with her and then they um the, the bad guys attack him and it does the kind of bouncing around like a proper looney tunes character dodging the bullets and then gets hit and he does that fake kind of dying and then accepts the awards the that whole oh that oscar bit is amazing. The, the, amazing yeah i love the scene uh, where when he pretend he wins the award and he goes the wrong way and you see him every yeah. time <laughs> in a war show like oh that way let me just oh, that okay, way, yeah. yeah that way that's just and, and um peter peter green who plays uh dorian he's just like He's like, oh, I'm aware. I'm on camera now. Let me do my hair and <laughs> compose. I just, those moments there, I just make the film very special for me. Yeah. Uh, well, let's head to the scores, guys. Hello, I'm Kate Lever, host of Who's a Good Dog, the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog. We're one of the other podcasts in the stripped media family. Each episode, I ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places. And we will start with you, please, Stephen, with your recommendability. I would recommend this film is a four. If you've never seen it, um, highly recommend it to go and watch. It's Jim, one of Jim Carrey's best movies. Cameron Diaz's you know, best direct debut of, of any actor or actress I've seen in a long time. Probably one of the best dog actors I've seen as well. Mm, no, Milo's really. awesome. Yeah, yes. Milo, Max, wherever you are, if you're live, kudos to you. If you're not, rest in peace. But absolutely great. I'm surprised you didn't get an Oscar or nominated. You should have got something for it. But yeah, it's just it's just a fun film. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend it to little kids to go and watch. Uh, maybe a little bit older. But I think you can watch it a year again and again and again. And you can see the different jokes that you probably didn't get. Like the condom joke and and other stuff that happens like the machine inside people's ass as well <laughs> yeah that's dark yeah, yeah. 
So four, Kalechi. Uh, um, I'm going to go with four as well. If you want to see Jim Carrey at the peak of his powers, as Kobe mentioned, you know, you think The Mask, Batman Forever, Ace Ventura, uh, Dumb and Dumber. This was that start of that journey of, of his career. And it's one of those performances by Carrey where you can just watch and just study, just study the comedic timing, you know, study the, you know, his mannerisms, his, his, thoughtfulness like there's there's an art form to what he does and i think the more times you watch it the more you kind of grow appreciative of his comedic genius in a sense you know so yeah if you want to if you love comedy i agree you know maybe not for the younger kids i know it's a pg rating but times of times of change kids is is different <laughs> um but when you, when you say study it, it's quite interesting is you can study it but i still don't think you can it'd be hard be hard pushed to replicate it and if if someone did replicate it, it would be just be tossed off as yeah just do the jim carrey there aren't you i just don't think you can do it you can't mm. re replicate i think the only the only person who could replicate would be jim carrey you know and that's that is true to his talent and his how he just commits to the craft like i mean i don't know again another outlandish statement but the way he plays stanley ipkiss and the mask mm -hmm. it's like Clark Kent and Superman, you know, it's the kind of like that sort of, I can play the the sore loser, down on my luck, don't have, you know, trying to get my way in this world, but don't have anything. And then he puts on the mask and he suddenly, I'm the king of the world, I can do whatever. That in itself is a beautiful transformation. So for four, four that's what, that's what I'm going to give it. That just reminded me of one of my favourite actual scenes I remembered from the first time watching it is a, is a small one, but it's when... He meets the mask um, expert played by the Bueller, Bueller guy. Um, um, Bain, oh, his name's Ben, Ben something now. Sort of just, yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to say Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> um, and he's like, he puts on the mask. He's about to put on the mask thinking he's going to turn into the mask. And he just doesn't. And he's doing that kind of like. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Helen, recommendability. Not as high as you guys. <laughs> when, when, you were, when you were talking just about the sad Jim Carrey, the sad Stanley, like that's that's my. I, th I think you have to recommend. If I'm recommending this, I'm saying like you have to be into the the Ace Ventura, the stand up that that Jim Carrey, which for me is like I'm I'm going to pass and accept every everyone else is probably into that, but a bit of a pass. Um, I think it's kind of like quite a bit of a nostalgia thing. It's kind of weird that this hasn't had sort of a revival, whereas like obviously Dumb and Dumber kind of did with the with the new one, and then obviously like Ace Ventura is kind of like we don't really talk about that anymore. But this one mm. could have a bit of something, maybe I don't know. Maybe with it being on Netflix, it might find a new audience. I don't quite know the up and coming people whether they they're going to like latch onto it the way that everyone did back in the 90s so with caveats 3.5 I'm, I'm going to jump in there with a four i think yeah watch it you might not like it but you might you might enjoy it who am i to say <laughs> um i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's aged as well as it could do but i think it's a fun film and if you haven't seen it i think yeah definitely have a have a watch repeat viewing score this is where i might go down a fair bit uh but steve might go up Repeat being score, Steve. I am gonna also go over four with this one. On just on the simple fact of, I think once you get hooked, and maybe it's nostalgic in me, you always there'll be something new every time that you didn't notice before. Like I said, there's some 
loads of crude jokes that just fly by when I was a child to now. <laughs> and yeah, just on that just on that point, there's loads of stuff you can get from the film. The music will keep you coming back anyway, because I've got Cuban P in my head right now, just playing, like in my head after just even just talking about it. So that's gonna definitely bring you back to the film. So I'm gonna get on that I'm gonna give it a four. Actually. I'm gonna go with three point eight. Just because I haven't watched The Mask in ages until obviously for this podcast. So I watched it last night. <laughs> um, but it wasn't necessary in my consciousness for 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 ages, for decades. But that's not to say that it wasn't like like you sometimes you catch it on repeat on TV or something like that, you know, on a ch- on channel five or something like that. And then you're you're instantly brought back into it. But it's not sort of like a film that you probably seek out on a regular basis. Obviously, Stephen, you have the nostalgia connection. Appreciate it. But it's for me, it wasn't a film that I loved it, but it's not something I would like, oh, yeah, you know what? I feel, uh, you know, I'm going to pop it on and, you know, check it and check it out. So 3.8. And yeah, you will enjoy it. And I feel like sometimes you will just, when you do have it, see it on, it's like a nice surprise, like a nice refresher to see again. Hello. Uh, I'm gonna go a, a bit lower. Um, the second time, <laughs> second time I've seen it, so I'm, I'm probably not gonna revisit again. So a two. I'm gonna throw a one point eight here. Mm. I, I will watch it. I will watch it at some point, but I can't see myself getting back to it more quickly. Uh, small screen score, Stephen. I think in terms of small screen, it probably works as a free. Um, you can you can see on the. I mean, it was it was cool on the big screen, but I've seen it more times on the small screen and yeah just with the tv and maybe not so much on a mobile phone i don't know who watches movies that way but if you do you need you need help people do people do you want to <laughs> seriously you need help uh, slap out of the hands i don't know how you could do that but yeah on your tv screen it's it's fine you don't have to rush it i mean if they put it in i'll go and watch it you know, as anniversary stuff just as me but yeah, I think on on the small screen it's it's fine. It's just fine. It, it, like all the effects still hold up as well, so nothing's going to be off putting or weird or like oh I've just seen that render that needs more rendering. Um, <laughs> but yeah, free. I'm going over free with that one. Clutchy. Well, considering that I've always have seen the mask on the small screen, so for me it's like three point two, just because yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a, the most cinematic film. At that time, when I watched it for the first time, it was classed as a family film, so we did watch it around our TV. So there is that that visual, you know. So it, it felt like that was its true true form, mm. you know, not and not in the and not in the cinema. So you know, if it did come back in the cinema, great. It's you know, it's a great nostalgic bus, um, like a, a, a trip to nostalgia, but. For me, small screen has probably been always been its home. Um, Helen? So I think it's going to be very difficult for any cinema to recreate the thrill of 1994 cinema in Burton-on-Trent. So um, the small screen is, I think, fine for for this. I guess it's on Netflix, so you can watch it now. You don't need to wait for it to be reissued or anything. So a five for the small screen. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it in cinema. And one of the most enjoying memories was people booing when uh, the dog had the mask taken off him. Milo got the mask taken off him. I was like, boo. Um, <laughs> so I do enjoy those kind of moments. Um, but yeah, I don't think you need to see it in the cinema again. Uh, so 4.5 engagement score, Stephen. Engagement. Well, I would have given it a probably a two. 
um, as the film starts. Not through March. I think a guy dies, you know, the film gets hit by this weird pipe and as the mask shows yeah. and the music. But by the time Cameron Diaz comes in, it, it goes straight to a four. You got, you got me hooked. Um, and just seeing, <laughs> just seeing Stanley Ipkiss play. Cause <laughs> you know, everybody compares the movies to like the Ace Venturas and Dumb and Dumb. But I think it's, I think it's dumbed down compared to those films. Those films were more for adults and, you know, Jim Carrey goes fully loose and, this one's a bit dumbed down and you kind of want to see where Stanley Ipkiss goes, you know, in this movie, because there's so many things bad happening to him. He's getting, he's getting chiefed out by girls. He's getting, he's getting, his car's broken. He has to, he has to take out the loner and all sorts. <laughs> you just want to see where this goes. He has all these dreams. Milo is adorable. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give it a, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Clutchy. I'm going to go with a four as well. Um, it's, I think you just you're always attracted by the story about about Stanley Ipkiss. Like it just it just does pull you in. And the fact is is that it's also one of the th- benefits of it is that it's also a short film. So if you have you know if you're kind of don't want to do the kind of three hour epics and so forth, you can watch this film in an hour and a half and you're in and out, and you have a kind of short simple story to just lose yourself into. So yeah, four. Helen kind of could remember enough of what the plot was and the the kind of like the main bits with the dancing. <laughs> and I did, I did go down a bit of an IMDb wormhole on this one. So um, I wasn't massive, massively engaged two and a half just because I was reading about the mask and how they made it and all kinds of things. And like how long it took, it took like hours to put like the mask on. Oh yeah, I'm not surprised. Apparently the plan was that he wasn't meant to talk. They were going to like, put the, the talking bits afterwards because he had those silly teeth. But when he ended up like doing it, he like sounded so crazy that they kept it in. It's loads of fun trivia all about it. I really enjoyed like going back and going like, oh, if they did it nowadays, they'd probably just like CGI his face and it'd be really weird and it'd mm. just be like awful. Um, so yeah. <laughs> 3.1. Um, I, I couldn't remember how it played out. I couldn't remember how the nuances kind of played out. Um, so I was, I was kind of like, oh, how did he? I don't remember getting locked up and how to get out of, oh, okay. So I was kind of into it that way, but then uh, there were kind of other parts where I wasn't kind of tuned in as much as I could be. So yeah, 3.1, that gives us an overall score of 3.52500. That's pretty decent. Yeah, well done to the mask. Not bad, guys, not bad, not bad. Not bad at all, well well, <laughs> well chosen. <laughs> 90s nostalgia. Um, Stephen and Kletcher, can you sign off by telling everyone who's listening where we can find you online? And we'll say goodbye to the listeners. So you can find me on Twitter at Henulo and on Instagram at SpecialKWrites. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and name as Stephen Geekface, all one word, and on YouTube, So Geeked About Movies. Nice. Well, thank you very much, guys, for bringing the, the mask to us, and uh, we'll say goodbye to all listeners. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flixwatcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. 
Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production.